to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Do I have my godfather here? How can you play this song back to back, belly to belly? It's sort of like a slap in my face. Let's try the godfather so that I could set this up. This is like when you show up in the morning and you're a duffer and there's barely any light and you're ready to go to that first tee. I mean, this is what it is for me. There's nobody who knows more about organized crime here at WABC than yours, Curtis, yours truly, Curtis Sliwa. And there is a story that involves the Bonanno crime family. And you may want to connect the dots because nobody's done the deep dive on this, except for me, over the years. I've warned our listeners, I've warned especially Republicans, to stay away from Eric Ulrich who's wired up like a Christmas tree. He's been speaking to investigators of Alvin Bragg's office, the Manhattan DA, who never prosecutes criminals, but only people who stand and fight for what they know is right, like Jose Alba at the bodega and Daniel Penny, the hero Marine. But that's for another day. Eric Ulrich has led a life in which he's been on the margins. He's pretended to be a concerned citizen, uh, interested in the welfare of the area that he grew up in, that many of our listeners right now are paying attention to this broadcast from. Lindenwood, right across the conduit from New Howard Beach. And then there's Old Howard Beach. And Hamilton Beach, the beach that nobody knows where the shanty Irish live, right next to JFK. And, of course, Ozone Park and Broad Channel and the Irish Riviera where Sid Rosenberg lives with Lou Ruffino and so many of our listeners. For years, this uh, white Urkel, this Pee Wee Herman always wearing a bow tie. I never trust anybody with a bow tie. Not George Will, the columnist, nor Screwy Louis Farrakhan. The guy would show up in meetings looking like a modern-day white Urkel, a Pee-wee Herman, and you knew this guy was a schmendrick. You knew that he could be intimidated and pimp-slapped around, even though he talked rough and tough on Eric Ulrich. I'm the Republican city councilman here in Howard Beach. And then he was feeling his oats, and he said, I'm going to rise up the ladder with the help of the Banano crime family, of whom I owe so much to my career because I'm a degenerate gambler and I can't stop gambling. And tell me there's a card game going on at 3 o'clock in the morning and I won't shower, I won't shave, I'll run to a basement and lose my money till the break of dawn. And the Bonanno crime family knew that. He's a degenerate gambler. But they helped him all throughout his career. And then he took on... The product of nepotism in Howard Beach, State Senator Joe Adabo, whose father was a congressman. They named everything after his father. The Adabo Bridge that connects Howard Beach to Broad Channel. Buildings, hospital facilities, you name it. Adabo this, Adabo that. 
and a double wiped Eric uh, Eric Ulrich's clock. So Eric went back to being the um, city councilman representing the area and then took advantage of an opportunity. The congressman representing that area at that time was Bob Turner. Bob Turner, best known as the producer of the Rush Limbaugh TV show. And yes, Jerry, 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 the Jerry Springer show. But a proud resident of the Irish Riviera Breezy Point. Bob Turner was an honorable man, a good man. And when my partner on Saturdays, Anthony Weiner, you can hear us three to four left versus right, left the House of Representatives because of his own personal failings. There was a call for a new election to replace him. Bob Turner ran as a Republican and David Weprin as the Democrat who could not chew gum and think at the same time. What a schmuck. What a putz. But he was favored because it was a predominantly Democratic district. And probably Ed Koch's last venture before he passed into the hereafter was to support Bob Turner, and he was right, and Bob Turner won. A man of honor who recently has lost his wife and his brother, but remains a man of honor. And one day he was summoned to the Queens County Republican Club. He had no idea what was transpiring, but it was the Ides of March. And there waiting at the door was the white Urkel with his bow-tying glasses, Eric Ulrich with the long knives. And he stabbed him again and again and again. And Bob Turner bled out on the floor, a coup d'etat. And he took over the Queen's Republican Party, Eric Ulrich, the traditor de su senate. And then he made love to the campaign of Eric Adams. And they sat down and they made a deal with the devil. Frank Caron, crook of all crooks, the consigliere to Eric Adams, his campaign manager, his fundraiser, his chief of staff in the first year of his administration. And now he's back to being a lobbyist, getting wine dined in pocket line because he can give you access to City Hall. They sat down with Eric Overage and they said, Eric, you hate Curtis Sliwa, don't you? Oh, yeah, with a passion. He's always called me out. He's called me a fugazi. He's called me an affiliated, affiliated member of the Bonanno crime family. And so they said, if you can raise a million dollars of matchable funds with the eight-to-one match in the construction industry, especially from Bonanno-affiliated uh, businesses, concrete, Electrons, electricians, plumbers, demolition, construction. You could be the buildings commissioner of the city of New York. Who, me? Pee Wee Herman? I never read Popular Mechanics. I wouldn't know what to do with a bag of nails and a hammer. Don't worry. We got the shadow commissioner of the Department of Buildings. That's Joe Esposito going back to the days of Rudy Giuliani. Police department, head of OEM, he knows what to do. Don't worry, we'll reward you. And really what they were rewarding was the Bonanno crime family, giving them an easy pass right into the offices of the Department of Buildings so that they could get all their permits, their licenses, rushed through for all their construction projects. And then all of a sudden, Eric Adams was accompanied by Eric Ulrich. 
at a fundraiser up in the Bronx amongst the guys in the construction business, and he said, Psst, Eric, come here. I understand that they, they got a target on your back. They're investigating you for your association with the Bonanno crime family and your gambling problem. Give me your phone, Eric Ulrich, and I'm giving it to my brother, Bernard Adams, at the time, head of his security detail. You remember the guy they brought up from Virginia Commonwealth College who was parking cars? And suddenly he made him the head of his personal police security detail because he said, oh, I'm afraid of white supremacists. What? Well, what? what? What are you hanging out in the aisles of Bed Bath & Beyond, you know, in the white sheet, white pillowcase aisle? What are you talking about? And Bernard Adams took the phone from Eric Ulrich and put in a new chip and took the old chip. And then the mayor, Eric Adams, did a walk and talk with Eric Ulrich. And he said, watch your back. Watch who you talk to. Then all of a sudden, at the end of November, a car pulled up in front of Eric Ulrich's apartment in Rockaway Parkway. Rockaway Park, just blocks away from our own Sid Rosenberg. And the DTs got out and flashed their badge and said, come with us. We're Alvin Bragg's detectives. We got some questions to ask. And after a session where they asked him every question under the sun for two hours, Eric Ulrich said, no mas, no mas. What do you want from me? And they said, your phone. We're going to swap out your chip. Wait a second. They already took my chip. The mayor of the city of New York and his brother, Bernard. So he ate the Parmesan cheese. He ratted out the mayor, and he ratted out his brother. There is an impaneled grand jury assembled by Alvin Bragg. They've already heard testimony, not only from Eric Ulrich, from his former chiefs of staff and others affiliated with this crook. This guy who owes a vig to the Bonanno crime family that probably is close to 600000 in gambling debts. And he's spilling the beans. Apparently half of his uh, answers when interrogated by the detectives of Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA's office, were in response to questions about the mayor, Eric Adams, and his brother, Bernard Adams. Half the questions. We will see if this is just a ruse to give the rat of all rats, Eric Ulrich, eating the Parmesan cheese cover so that he can continue to gather up information and record conversations because he's wired up like a Christmas tree. They call it CI, confidential informant. You want to avoid going to jail. This guy can never do time. I don't care. Eric Ulrich in an 8 by 4 foot cell in Punk City protective custody. He would be every guy's Maytag. He'd be down on his hands and knees. He'd be cleaning their Pumas and Adidas with a toothbrush. And he'd be squealing like a pig. So Eric Ulrich doesn't want to go to jail. I warned Sid Rosenberg. I said, don't talk to this rat. I warned Joe Borelli and I warned other Republicans. Do not talk to Eric Ulrich. I hope he does not implicate the folks that he's been taping while doing a walk and talk. I hope he does not implicate any people that we're familiar with in his many phone conversation 
when all of a sudden, if you dropped a piece of belly button lint, the microphones of the Manhattan DA's office, Alvin Bragg, could pick it up on the wire. Don't ever say I didn't warn you. I've been talking about this for months and months and months. And on this weekend, when the Daily News broke this story, my phone blew up. I should have listened to you, Curtis. I should have listened to you. The guy turns out to be a rat. Eric Ulrich. Late the Parmesan cheese. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Should be the theme song of Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan. As he continues to play the race card, as he's done for over 40 years. Going back to when in the early 90s he was a supporter of the Nation of Islam and Schooly Louis Farrakhan, hating whites and hating Jews. Because, you know, for a lot of you crackers out there who serve side by side in the NYPD, he said. After his campaign against me for mayor, he kicked all your cracker asses. Oh, he had to apologize to Pat Lynch, head of the PBA. But you know in his heart of hearts, he hates you crackers. And in fact, he hates the white media with a passion. He goes out of his way to play the race card, not just when he's in our town. But when he's out of town like he was in Houston on Saturday, sitting there with other black mayors, the socialists from Chicago, the former congresswoman from Los Angeles, and some other guy, I don't know, Little Rock, Arkansas. Uh, and he was railing away against white media wearing his $5,000 customized suits. By the way, all silk, not a thread of cotton. And here was Mayor Eric Adams accusing the white media of being intentionally destructive to black men at the National Urban League Conference in Houston on Saturday. We are so afraid of getting the, the title that could destroy our lives. If you get the title of angry black man, you would not raise up in corporate society. You would not raise up in Hollywood. You would not raise up on a sports team. You would not raise up on politics. Really? What if they elected you mayor of the city of New York? The majority population in New York City is not black. Not black at all. Well, what the hell? When things ain't going well, you can always play the race card and use your complexion as your protection. Because it's never your fault, Eric Wright. It's never your fault. 
It's always about the media lambasting you, criticizing you. There's a difference between critiquing and doing a proper analysis of what you have done and being intentionally destructive. Intentionally destructive of a Euro-Asiatic black man. You hear what this guy was saying in Houston on Saturday? That the white media was purposely trying to destroy this black man known as Eric Adams. He's always been a racist. When all else fails and his back is against the wall, he plays the race card because his complexion is his protection. As evidenced recently, when at a press conference, he dropped the mic on the media and said, my name is Kunta Kinte. People can say what they want. There are those in society that still long to see me stop saying Kunta Kinte and they want me to say Toby. And it's uncomfortable for them. So you can whip me as much as you want. But when you take off my shirt, you'll see the scars are already dire. You know, I've gotten beaten enough that I can't be beaten again. I came into government saying Kute Kente. I'm leaving government saying Kute Kente. And if you don't know who he is, go see Roots. And he drops the mic. Like the hip-hop mayor that he has anointed himself to be now. I don't ever remember, and I ran against this guy from air, him referring to himself as Kunta Kinte. But he had so browbeat and intimidated the predominantly white media, they were like, oh, he's mad at us. He's an angry black man mad at us. And oh, we can't deal with that. We got to fold like a cheap camera. Oh, my God. Yes, Kunta Kinte. You're not Toby. You're Kunta Kinte. Whatever you say, would you like to write... Would you like to write this story for us? Is this okay? Can we run it by you editorially first? Please don't be mad at me, angry black man. I want you to love me. Uh, don't give me the scarlet letter of the big R racist. I'll never be able to survive. And when he recognizes that he has the white media on the edge, like he had him in Houston on the weekend, like he's had him here in New York City, he then moves in. For what will finally be the nail in the white media's coffin. How dare you judge a black man. A man who has melon in his skin. I'm a black man, that's the mayor. But my story has been interpreted by people that don't look like me. We got to be honest about that. How many blacks are in the editorial boards? How many blacks have determined how these stories are being written? So let me get this straight. If a black man or a black woman like our own Dominic Carter, who was the top go-to guy when Rudy Giuliani was mayor, he had replaced Gabe Pressman, who for years was the go-to reporter for NBC News. He passed away. And then when the queue would assemble when... Rudy Giuliani, Mike Kumbaticic, was the mayor. The first person to ask the question was Dominic Carter. In fact, Rudy was so mad at him, he wanted him fired. He called up Time Warner, and Time Warner said, Nah, Rudy, you may run the city, but you don't run Time Warner. Mind your own business. And now they're the best of friends right here at WABC. So let me get it straight. If you're a black man or a black woman writing about Eric Adams, you're going to give him slack? You're not going to question him harshly because he's a brother 
or you're a sister? In fact, when he makes such ridiculous statements as he made recently at another black conference of mayors in Washington, D.C., you're not to respond? I'm the CEO of the largest corporation in America, and my bald head, earring-wearing swagger is running this city my way. Yeah, yeah, my way. Yeah. That's swag. Yes, sir. Swag, can you imagine if a white guy became mayor? Let's just say, hypothetically, I got lucky and I became mayor of the city of New York. And I say, yeah, I'm the swagger man with a plan. They say, you cracker, shut up. What the hell are you talking about, right? They say, don't, don't try to, don't try to do a black thing like this. When a mayor has swagger, the city has swagger. <laughs> nope, I hate to tell you, after almost two years, the city is slipping into the abyss. You may have swagger when you go up to the Club Zero Bond late at night. Whatever happens in the private club, Zero Bond stays in the private club because that's, it's criminal. People getting wine dined in pocket line. People doing cocaine. People having sex in ways and manners. You said, oh, my God, they're like Gumby. How could they bend in that situation and be, uh, let's just say, internally invaded by so many people at the same time? Yeah, I know what goes up at the Club Zero Bond. It's freaky deaky. It's Caligula. And then when you come back into the real world, once again, the proudest moment of Eric Adams' brief life as mayor of the city of New York is what he's best defined as. Listen, you know and I know that it's all about the swagger. <laughs> it's all about the swagger. Swagger man with no plan. So I was listening intently this morning to Sid Rosenberg because I'm on with Sid every morning, 7.05, Monday through Fridays. And I'm always breaking news and breaking chops. I serve up the uh, hors d'oeuvres. And then in this rip and read that's on Monday through Fridays from 12 to 1, I give you the entree. I flesh it out. And I know that many of the things that I say on Sid Rosenberg's 7.05 time on the show get a lot of people angry. And boy, they make the phone sing and ring. But oftentimes reporters, they'll call me up afterwards and say, where'd you get that information? I say, well, I'd like to credit myself being a typical politician. It's always I and me, not us and we, but no. That's due to my great wife, the e-attorney, Nancy, who does the deep dive and peels to the layers of the onions of bureaucracy and the artichokes that are meant to deny you access to the epicenter where the truth is always evident. And they'll say, will you share that with me? I said, of course, naturally. But this is stuff that as members of the Fourth Estate, you should have done the deep dive for. And then I'm hearing the columnists of the New York Post who has worked for the Daily News before in the New York Times. He's a veteran of newspaper reports and doing commentary here in New York City, Michael Goodwin. He was on in that final segment with Sid Rosenberg this morning, and I was appalled at what he said. 
about this swagger man with no plan, a man who has proven to be the mayor of the illegal aliens, not our mayor. All he asks us to do is to pay the taxes so that he can pay the invoice to care for illegals because he's not caring for citizens here in New York City. We get in return not just the invoice and have to pay the taxes, but we get Ugats. We get Bupkis. Listen to Michael Goodwin. On a day after the weekend in which Mayor Eric Adams accused him and the white media of being intentionally destructive to black men at the National Urban League Conference in Houston. Gee, I wonder if Michael Goodwin is feeling the heat and saying, please, don't call me a racist. Don't call me a racist. I've criticized Mayor Adams, but yet I don't re- regret voting for him or endorsing him in the election because still, who would you rather have? One of those other Democrats? I mean, that was the only realistic option. Hold on a second. This is a well-versed, well-read man, knowledgeable about local politics. Listen to Michael Goodwin again of the New York Post, acting like there was no election. That it was a coronation once you won the Democratic primary. That's all that mattered. Why even bother having an election, Michael Goodwin? Could I hear what Michael Goodwin said again? Because it seems like he doesn't have voters' remorse. I guess he feels that the best man won and that nobody else could do such a lousy job as well as Eric Adams. I've criticized Mayor Adams, but yet I don't regret voting for him or endorsing him in the election, because still, who would you rather have, one of those other Democrats? I mean, that was the only realistic option. Really? Uh, Justin, what did I do with eight months, ten months of my life when I was running for mayor of the city of New York as I went through a primary and had to crush this Fernando Mateo who has yet to make a concession speech. What about when I got up on the stage in two debates against Eric Adams and he called me a racist, a sexist, a misogynist. He called me a a homophobe and, of course, a xenophobe. Every ism and phobe you could call me. Did Michael Goodwin not know that I was running for mayor? Did he not know? Apparently, I'm a person of no consequence. Hey, Michael! It's courtesy. You know, I've been around a long time. Some people attribute me with helping to save the city when the city was out of control like it was the last time. Hey, Michael, am I a person of no consequence? This is what else he had to say. Eric Adams was the most conservative candidate who could be elected. There may have been other more conservative candidates, but they were not going to be elected. And so I wasn't going to waste my vote. You weren't going to waste your vote. Wow. I don't think I've ever been so distant, dismissed in my life. When all was said and done, the final election was Curtis Lee, Republican, Eric Adams, Democrat. So voting for me, Michael Goodwin, would have been a waste of your vote. So, Michael, you really need to come out of your hovel here in Manhattan and join me in the outer boroughs. Michael, come with me to Staten Island. 
come with me to Brooklyn, come with me to Queens, come with me to the Bronx, and see people just like yourself who proudly voted and elected Eric Adams mayor, now who have voter's remorse, and others who did vote for me, who proudly wear a badge and a bumper sticker that says, don't blame me, Michael Goodwin, because I voted for Curtis Sliwa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Sliwa. Curtis doesn't know about you, but he rips and reads. This is the Rip and Read. Beat the Mets. Beat the Mets. Come on out and beat the Mets. Well, apparently the white-collar criminal who was spared jail time by Preet Bahara, U.S. Attorney of the Southern District, when his number two guy took the rap for insider trading information, Stephen Cohen has said, no mas, no mas, by first trading Dave Robertson, coming out of the pen, his closer. And then, Max, you disappointed us, Scherzer, you ran out of gas. So pretty much the Mets have said, hey, we'll wait for next year, all right? Verlander's still on the ropes. I get it. I understand. Major League's biggest payroll, and you got nothing in return. But think about it this way, Justin. Uh, you a tried and true Mets fan, of course you are. Just like Sid Rosenberg and the rest of the uh, hopelessly inept Mets fans in the morning broadcast here on WABC. Why don't you do this? Take the number seven chain, the John Rocker Express, out to City Field and stop at Junction Boulevard because you learned something this morning from Curtis Sliway in my three-hour extravaganza. You learned that you could get off at Junction Boulevard, go downstairs, and there are brothels galore, a red-light district that is operating brazenly and boldly for anybody who comes with money. The hookers are part of the sex trafficking that have taken place. The pimps are from MS-13. They operate in the in the in the front of cops from the 110th and 115th precinct. And there are no orders from City Hall or from Eddie Caban, the new police commissioner, to padlock those brothels. Welcome to New York City, 2023. We're cheering that on is AOC All Out Crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Justice Warriors and Socialists of America, who want you to be able to choose prostitution as a career. Whether you're a man, woman, whether you're non-binary, transgender, no matter what you are, you should have the right to walk up and down and parade in the street and sell a shot of lay whether it's male leg or female leg, and to hell to the rest of the community, the women, the children, the elderly. You have no rights. Apparently, prostitution is legal in New York City, and it's not being done behind closed doors. Credit to the New York Post for exposing this back-to-back, belly-to-belly for two days. I've been out there. I've seen this on a regular basis. Little guys from Honduras and Guatemala giving out these chica cards which bring you to the brothel location right on the main avenues of Junction Boulevard on your way underneath the number 7 train to 103rd Street. And let's uh, end the Met theme because let's flip the script to the team that I used to adore, that I used to be a tried-and-true fan. In fact, you could cut my veins and arteries and I would bleed Yankee pinstripes. And then finally... 
I decided enough is enough. Because all of a sudden, we continue. I can't even say we. It's not my team anymore. Let me let me get out of that habit. The Yankees refuse to get rid of the general manager for life, Cashman, and Booney the manager. And notice, they brought Aaron Judge back from the disabled list, and they didn't even play him yesterday against the Orioles. You say to yourself, what the hell is going on? So maybe don't focus so much of your time on Major League Baseball as a Met fan or a Yankee fan. Maybe you want to join me and help me save the city with so many others. Because the Michael Goodwins of the world, they've tossed in the towel. They've given up. They've surrendered. They said the best that we can do is Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan. Michael Goodwin and members of the media corps, most of whom are white, you should have been insulted when Eric Adams accused you of being intentionally destructive to black men. But then again, you didn't take it personally, did you, Mike? And the rest of you down at Room 9 at City Hall. What are you playing the Met team for? I'm finished with the Mets. That season is over. And I'm finished with the Yankees. Because I'm on a mission, and I want all of you to join me on this mission to save our city. I realize so many of you have your foot out the door, whether you're Mets fans or Yankee fans, or you're just not into sports. I know no matter how much I say to you, please, improve, don't move. We need to fight for what we know is right. If you're sort of leaning in my direction and you're saying, I'm not giving up, I'm not waving the white flag, I'm not moving out lock, stock, and barrel to Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Tennessee, or parts unknown. If you have time today, come out to complete the trifecta, the troika, the trinity. Join hundreds of your neighbors that have been led by the Queens Village Republican Club, longest-running club in the five boroughs, and by Bernard Chow, running for city council as the Republican to displace Linda Lee, the Democratic city councilwoman who wants the tent put up on the, on the New York State facilities of Creedmoor, the psychiatric center. Come on out and protest once again No 10 City at Creedmoor at Linda Lee's office, 73rd Avenue and Bell Boulevard in Queens. I'm heading there now with Nancy. So if you don't want to see me there, come out and meet friend of all animals, Nancy Sliwa.